Arguably one of the most problematic and challenging skills for any professional to master is the art of networking. It can happen out of the blue. The language used can be, well, unpredictable. But perhaps the most important thing is that the stakes are so high when it comes to networking. So much can be riding on just a simple and brief interaction. For example, a great bit of networking may land the perfect client, enhance your chances of promotion, or even open up new career options for you. The opportunities are literally endless. But it all starts with being able to master the basic principles of great networking. And that is what this episode is all about. No nonsense networking. We're here to cut through the noise and the nonsense to lay out the fundamentals of great networking for you, giving you the tools you need for when you need them most, in the office, at an event, or in the bar. Networking knows no limits, and neither should your communication skills. Let's cue the music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Business English Podcast. Helping professionals communicate more effectively, more confidently, and with impact. With your host, Rob, from Energetic English. Let's get down to business. Now, before tackling the rather notorious subject of networking head-on, I believe it's important to define the terms. So essentially, what is networking? Well, networking can be defined as the action or process of interacting with others to exchange information and develop professional or social contacts. Well, that sounds fairly simple, doesn't it? Well, if only. So, as I'm sure you have experienced, networking can take many forms. It can take place just about anywhere and with just about anyone too. On the one hand, it could take place in a formal setting, such as an organised networking event with a set agenda, a specific list of participants with a common goal or interest. This could be in the form of a corporate event or even a speed networking event, where, like speed dating, professionals sign up and attend an event with other like-minded people who then have a set amount of time to network one-on-one before moving on to the next person, introducing themselves and exchanging business cards. If they like what they hear, they agree to meet up at a later date. Alternatively, at the other end of the scale, we have potentially the most difficult and worrisome style of networking, the informal or unplanned version. This is the sort that ambushes you at the coffee machine, You know, the one that stops you in the corridor for a quote-unquote quick chat or steals a few seconds of your time at a corporate after-party. This type takes many forms, but they all have two very important things in common. They are all impromptu and unplanned, and they all have a desired result or outcome. It is for these reasons why this type of informal networking is so tricky. It is essentially an ambush, a sort of surprise attack, if you will. Not an intentional one, but one that may catch you off guard. 
Not only are we ill-prepared in some cases to respond to such a conversation, but the result or outcome may be really important too. For example, it could be your line manager asking you on the way to the cafeteria about your thoughts on last quarter's sales figures and what you would do with the money if you got your bonus. Or perhaps it's a director of your largest competitor in your niche, making small talk about where you see yourself in five years' time. In both these examples, seemingly innocent small talk is actually an important piece of networking. In both cases, the other individual is forming an opinion about you and starting to build a relationship based on that fact. The result in both cases could either be it was difficult and awkward and your relationship was actually stronger before the interaction than after. Or, you spark a real connection with them and have engaging dialogue, thus leading to setting up a future meetup to hear more of your ideas. This is the power of networking. A quick interaction can lead to so many new and great opportunities. So let's begin with a quick introduction to the five P's of the no-nonsense networking model. The five P's, I hear you say. What are you talking about, Rob? Well, here on the Business English Podcast, we like to keep things simple. As we have mentioned previously, simplicity is key for professionals already working in complex and fast-paced environments. And this is no different when it comes to networking. Providing a simple model allows us to stay effective when it matters most. So, the five P's of the no-nonsense networking model are perspective, preparing, posing, playing, and participating. Once again, they are perspective, preparing, posing, playing, and participating. Now, it's no coincidence that they are in this order. Each step of the model feeds into the next, producing a solid framework for you to work from. So let's have a look at each one in a little bit more detail to see how they can help you network more effectively. Firstly, perspective. This sits right at the start of the model, and for good reason. The idea behind this one is about changing your perspective on how you think about networking or small talk. Many professionals and English learners aren't confident in networking, mainly due to the reasons we've talked about already. It can cause even the most proficient communicators to draw a blank, that is, to forget words, forget expressions, or even lose their trail of thought. So, it is completely understandable why so many have a bad perspective when it comes to networking. Our first step is to change our mindset. Change how we think about networking and small talk. Instead of avoiding a networking opportunity like the plague, really lean into it with commitment and enthusiasm. Don't think, this piece of small talk is going to be so stressful and embarrassing for me. Instead, think, this piece of communication is going to hold value for me. I just need to communicate to find it. Or another example, don't think, 
I really don't want to listen to somebody talk about themselves or waste my time. Instead, think, what useful pieces of information or golden nuggets are they offering up that are relevant to you? Or, a last thought, don't think I have no idea what to say. Instead, think, what questions can I ask to get this conversation started? Changing your perspective on how you view networking and small talk will greatly affect how you approach it and thus greatly impact how you network. Take some time to think more positively about networking, like we've discussed, and you will be surprised at how this can impact your communication. The second step in the model is prepare. As the famous Chinese military strategist Sun Tzu wrote, every battle is won before it is ever fought. Or put another way, perhaps one of my favourite quotes from Muhammad Ali, the fight is won or lost far away from witness, behind the lines, in the gym and out there on the road, long before I dance under those lights. Both these quotes speak to the vital importance of preparation in the pursuit of success, and it is no different in our case of networking. Have you ever felt that you need more time to think of a question to ask the other person? Or have more time to put together an answer in response to a question? Well, if you have, you're not alone. This is a very common feeling amongst English learners and professionals, and it is quite natural. So how can we prepare? How can we lay the groundwork so that we reduce the amount of pressure on ourselves when we're networking? Something to fall back on that gives us confidence in those moments, but more importantly, gives us something to say. Well, firstly, you could prepare a set of generic questions. Questions that would be appropriate to use in any networking or small talk situation. For example, if you are at an event, you could ask, So, how are you finding it so far? Or, what did you think about the last presentation? If you meet in an office environment, you could use, How has the week been going for you? How are you managing to stay ahead of this new project? It's crazy. Or perhaps, finally, Having to make impromptu small talk with somebody you know who is not a complete stranger, you could ask, any plans for the weekend? Now, just a point for you to note. This last point is important, and that is because it involves familiarity. As in, how familiar we are with the other person. But we will touch on this in a little bit more detail later on under the playing section of our no-nonsense networking model. So, as you can see, by having a prepared list of general questions to ask, you can reduce the amount of pressure on you in the moment, because you already have something to say. And not only that, through asking such a question, you've actually shifted the emphasis of the conversation away from you and onto the other person. More on this later. So, aside from having a prepared list of general questions, it could also be useful to do some research in advance of an event on the individuals or key themes. 
This may help reveal excellent questions and great talking points. Preparing yourself before going into a networking situation will give you a solid foundation to work from and most importantly, contribute towards building confidence in that all-important interaction. As Winston Churchill is credited as saying, he who fails to plan is planning to fail. On to posing. Now, what we mean by this is posing a question. This section is all about posing questions when in a networking scenario and how it affects the dynamic of a conversation. And not only that, but also the positive effects that come from posing questions to the other individual or audience. Now, so far, we have addressed perspective in order to change the way we think about networking to a more positive frame of mind. We have then prepared ourselves for networking by putting together a list of generic or more considered questions ready for use in any upcoming scenario, thus giving ourselves a strong foundation to fall back on should we need it, easing the pressure to think on our feet. All in all, bolstering and improving our confidence because we actually have something prepared that we can use if we need it. Now these two steps, perspective and preparing, both happen before being in the room, before you are actually in the networking or small talk situation. This section on posing and the next two sections on playing and participating refer to the techniques involved when we are actually networking and making small talk in the moment, if you will. So how does posing a question help with a networking situation? Well, networking in general for a lot of people can feel a lot like an interrogation or even an interview where they're having to answer question after question or talk about themselves to a complete stranger about random topics. This in itself can be fairly stressful. But what's more is that in this scenario where you're doing all the talking, you're not leveraging the situation to its full potential. Now, imagine yourself in the following situation. A senior colleague has just asked you your thoughts so far on the presentation you're both attending. So, you answer. She then asks you about the stats on the last slide and whether you agree. You answer. Then, she pushes you for an answer on what you will do with the information from the presentation once you return to work. And of course, you answer. Throughout this whole episode, you are essentially on the back foot. You are at the will of her questions. As we have said, it resembles an interrogation far more than a conversation, never mind networking. So again, how does posing a question help? In this aforementioned example, after answering the initial question, simply add the following statement to your answer. So, what are your thoughts about it? By posing a question to the other person, something magic happens. You engage them. They now have to respond. And perhaps more critically, you have to listen. In a single moment, the conversation has gone from a game of 
dodgeball, where you have to respond impulsively to each volley made by the other person, to a beautiful game of tennis, where each person returns the ball to the other player, if you will, for them to deal with in their own way before passing the ball back. And so the game, or in our case, conversation, continues in a much more civilised manner. Posing questions is an essential part of networking for three key reasons. It engages the other person or people, showing you're interested in them and what they have to say. And to be honest, who doesn't want that? Second, it allows some breathing space to listen and prepare for the next exchange. And thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, it will reveal material for you to use to keep the conversation going and move it into more meaningful areas. We will go into this in a bit more detail in the next section of playing in just a second. Now, a final thought on posing questions. The quality of the response can largely be based on the quality of the question. That is, if you recall the type of questions I've been using, you will notice that they are all open questions meaning you cannot answer them just yes or no. In order to get a yes or no answer, I would have to ask a closed question. For example, a closed question, did you have a good weekend? Or an open question, what did you get up to at the weekend? Notice with a closed question, I don't give my audience an opportunity to talk more about it. On the other hand, an open question pushes my audience to explain in more detail. To ask an open question, stick to the six W words. They are who, what, where, why, when, and how. Now, I know what you're thinking. How doesn't start with a W? Well, true, but it does have a W in it. So I hope that counts. And just a final quick observation here when it comes to the six W words. If you stick to why and how type questions, this normally delivers the most insight. So there we have it for this section. Why not have a brainstorm of questions you could pose during a future networking situation using these six W words to really open up that conversation? So, with your perspective positively positioned, your potential questions prepared, and now your techniques in posing a question, we are now starting to accumulate all the fundamental elements of good networking. So now, we must move on to this section regarding playing. That is, playing in the common ground. But what do I mean exactly, and why is it relevant to us? Well, we now know we must pose a question and that this question must be an open question in order to get the recipient talking. But what is an appropriate question to ask? How will we avoid being rude? Appearing too invasive into somebody else's feelings or opinions? After all, the whole point of networking is to build relationships, not destroy them. So... How can we stay on the right side of this often very blurry line? Well, play in the common ground. 
This is where it is safest. Posing questions that directly relate to something you have in common is perhaps the best way to get a conversation moving and in the right direction. But what is common ground? This could be pretty much anything, I hear you say. Well, you are right, and this is actually a great thing. Common ground can be a very dynamic concept and specific to a particular situation or group of people. And it will more often than not change from person to person, depending on context. So a few do's and don'ts when playing in the common ground to help you on your way. Don't talk about religious or political issues. No matter how much of a relationship you think you have built up, these are far too sensitive and can lead to huge problems. Don't assume you will have the same common ground with everybody. It is going to change with each piece of communication, so be prepared to pose the right generic or general questions to start with in order to reveal that common ground. Do refer to events and observations taking place at that very moment in your shared environment, such as the keynote speaker's points, the temperature of the room, the popularity of the event, the quality of the tea or coffee. It really doesn't matter. It can literally be anything just to get that ball rolling. But notice... They all refer to a current situation that you are both sharing and are aware of. And finally, do look for opportunities in your audience's answer to help reveal common ground between you that will help you to keep building that relationship. The importance of playing safely in the common ground to begin with cannot be overstated. It allows great opportunities to break the ice and get that piece of networking started and moving safely in the right direction. All the while building familiarity and most importantly, relationships. And finally, we move to the final section of the no-nonsense networking model, participating. Now, this one seems fairly self-explanatory. But it is surprising to see many professionals networking using the previous four techniques, preparing and posing questions and playing in the common ground, to then be surprised and caught off guard by the person they're networking with as they ask for their own opinion on their own question. Basically, make sure you have your own answers to the questions you're asking it is highly likely that that individual that you are networking with will ask for your own answer to your own question. Remember, this is a game of tennis. We don't want you turning into that question monster that we described at the start of this episode, throwing out endless questions like an interview or interrogation. Allow for a natural flow to develop between you and your networking partner, by participating in your own line of questioning. The more natural a flow you can develop during a networking session, the easier it will be to develop those all-important relationships and connections. Well, that was certainly a lot to take in. So allow me to recap the key headlines from the no-nonsense networking model using the five Ps. Firstly, perspective. 
Ensure you work hard to ensure you have a positive perspective when it comes to networking. Stress and anxiety will only cloud your mind. Be optimistic and think about all the good that can come from your networking interactions. Secondly, preparing. Preparing a list of general questions that are suitable for a multitude of scenarios will give you a strong foundation to work from in a networking scenario, hopefully taking a little pressure off you. It should also give you more confidence as you have something to use if you need it. Thirdly, posing. Posing a question really helps develop a natural flow of dialogue when networking. Showing an interest in the other person can develop good feeling and reveal further opportunities to network. Sticking to open questions is best practice for use in a networking scenario. Fourth, playing. Playing in the common ground is the safest place to be in a networking scenario. It avoids embarrassment and insult. Whilst, at the same time, it really doubles down on developing a connection and relationship with your networking partner. And finally, participating. Participating in your own questions or dialogue that you have started is key. Just like a game of tennis, once your partner has received the ball you served, it will be returned for you to deal with. It keeps the conversation going and continues to build a connection as your networking partner learns more about you too. Now, before we part company, I wanted to give you three final thoughts on networking in general. Firstly, networking doesn't need to be a long process. It can be a brief exchange of only a few minutes, but if it is meaningful conversation where relationships are built and connections are made, then the desired outcome has still been achieved. In some scenarios, it may even be useful to set yourself a limited time with each person to ensure you manage to speak to everybody. Secondly, remember the techniques discussed on the first day first impressions episode of this podcast on how to make a strong first impression and incorporate them into your networking skills. It will pay dividends. If you haven't listened to that one yet, I'll link it in the show notes so you can get right on with it. And lastly, keep things simple. Networking does not have to be complicated. The language, expressions and topics used should be simple and understandable to all. Doing so makes building relationships easier and reduces complexity. In turn, making it a more enjoyable and effective experience. We will have more on the subject of networking in future episodes of the Business English Podcast, but until then, why not prepare a couple of your own open questions relating to common ground that you could use during your next networking scenario. Good luck. This has been the Business English Podcast. We'll see you next time.